Well, good morning. It's great to be with you for another week. Have you had a good week? Fantastic. These guys have had a good week. Have you had a good week? Fantastic. We love that. And um, I know over the past uh, four weeks, um, we've been having a good time looking at uh, the, the book Love Does, and, and hopefully you've been inspired uh, by Bob Goff uh, up on the screen. We're going to hear from him one more time. It's actually the, the last week of the series. Can you believe it? I know. I feel the same way. I know. But it does mean that Christmas is here next week, and uh, we can start our Christmas uh, series so make sure you come uh, for that. Uh, over the past uh, four weeks, um, uh, a few of us have come and shared quite a bit around uh, Love Does, uh, some great topics. And I know Bo- um, uh, Mark actually uh, kicked us off uh, with a topic called I'm With You. Uh, and if you remember back in week one, he said Love Does. He said it goes and it does something. Uh, it doesn't stay dormant. It doesn't stand still. Love goes and does he talked about the word Emmanuel, uh, God with us. Does everyone remember that one? Yeah? God with us. So when we go and we do uh, the love of God, He is there. He is with us along the journey. Uh, Fola spoke to us in week two about this topic called free to fail. She said, God sees us who we are becoming, even though we only see where we are right now. He sees the bigger picture. And even when we fail, and she actually looks at some of uh, what God does in a failed moment. And she gave us some great points on that. I'm not going to tell you to them today, but if you want, go back and check that out on our website, on our app, or even on Facebook. And all our messages um, are there as well. Week three came along and Josh uh, gave us a great message about God's audacious love. Remember that one? God's audacious love. You know, when love is the motivation, we do some really cool stuff. Uh, I remember that one point that he said, you know, that God's love is for everyone, for everyone, which means his love is for you today. It is. And then last week, I had the privilege of sharing with you just some of my own story uh, about not being afraid, stepping out of your comfort zone, going after the things of God, living the sort of life that you want to live, that God would have you live Speaking out, naming out those fears and allow God to do and bring freedom into your life. So I hope last week you've been able to name some of your fears and take a step into the, God, into the life that God would have uh, you lead. I mentioned to you last week that love can make us do some crazy things, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, and this week, we're going to be looking at this whole phrase, this, these two words that Jesus asks and he says to so many people in the Bible, and he sees it, says it to us as well. He says, follow me, follow me. I spoke to you last week um, as well, uh, just about some of my story. And I was thinking about actually this word love. Uh, and I'm thinking about it in the sense of, you've all heard love is a verb. You've heard that before, haven't you? Love is a verb. And you probably think to your, into your mind, well, I, I can think of the song. Everyone, anyone remember DC Talk? Come on. I'm not going to sing it for you today, but you know it. You know, John Mayer put out a song. I know. I'm disappointed. I know. I know. Um, no, well. And uh, love is a verb. It's a doing word. And uh, no, you know, I'm not going to do it for you, Josh. I'm not going to do it, mate. 
You're, you're the brave one who sings up here, that's fine, yeah. Um, but love is a verb. It's a, it's a doing word. We go and we, we do something. Bob actually says uh, in his book, Love Does, he says, it's all about going out into your world and just doing cool stuff. And I love how inspiring he's been as well. So last week I told you about my journey, um, leaving my uh, hometown of Phillip Island, going to Bible college, you know, a good flight away, uh, being at Bible college, meeting Amy, and then traveling and moving on with our life over here in England. Uh, Ten days after we arrived, uh, or I arrived, uh, we got married, um, and as you do, you start living together. Uh, And what is quite interesting in those first few days, months, gosh, even the first year, you start to realize how different you both really are, yeah? Um, the way that you were brought up, the way that you like things, the way that you just plan and organize your life can be quite different. It can create challenges at points. It can create arguments at points. Anybody else with me there? Yeah? Um, but you know what? I also look at it, because it's so different, we actually complement each other quite well as well. Um, isn't that lovely? I know. It's beautiful. Uh, But let's take uh, a situation where sometimes we don't have the same eye to eye, or we might do things slightly different. Now, over the time of being here, the 11 years, uh, Amy and I have had the privilege of going back to Australia on some holidays, and the way that we plan for a holiday can be completely different. So without naming names, I'm just going to say one of us is person A, and one of us is person B, okay? Person A uh, is passionate about this trip. They are excited. Did already. Did already. I don't even know which one I said, actually. Isn't that terrible? Well, this person is detailed. They are organized. They are prepared. They have had months of planning. They have read all of the reviews about the airlines, the car hire, the hotel. It's all there. The weather is monitored. The roads are assessed. The timings of every part of the trip have been looked over. The suitcase has even been packed one week in advance. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then the day finally arrives. Everything has been thought of, including when to wake up, when to leave the house, how long the car journey will take, how far in advance we need to get to the airport, and then because just when anything could go wrong, we add two hours onto all of that. Are there any person A's in the room? Just a few of you. Yes. And then we've got person B. Okay. This person is also passionate and excited about the trip. And they wake up the morning of the trip. They throw some clothes into the suitcase, that little spot that they've left in the suitcase. Then they go down and make themselves a cup of coffee. And then they say, right, let's go. (laughs) Then on the way down to the airport, they have the audacity to say, let's stop and get a second coffee. And person A boils over and says, but that's not part of the plan. <laughs> Are there any person B's in the room? <laughs> A few of you. Fantastic. Isn't that good? You know, when Jesus actually invites us to follow him, he doesn't tell us the whole journey ahead. 
He doesn't tell us every single thing. In fact, sometimes it can be the unknown. There are adventures, there are discoveries awaiting for us that we could never anticipate. And I couldn't when I spoke about that last week, some of my journey. But it doesn't mean that his disciples should never make a plan. In fact, as we read the Gospels, it actually yes, you see that Jesus is looking for disciples who start with that passion of person B, who just jumps in, but then adopts some of the practicalities of person A along the journey. We can see it in one of the accounts in the Gospel of uh, Matthew in chapter 4, when Jesus calls his first disciples. So let's read it in verse um, 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, this is Jesus, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. Everyone said it together. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, say immediately. Immediately. He left the boat and their father and they followed him. I love this story. I love this account of how just so certain they were how just so immediate they were just to leave everything behind and go you read in the message version it actually says that the fishermen they didn't ask questions they simply just dropped their nets and they followed jesus i found that fascinating and they probably would have heard jesus preach uh, maybe before that and they might have heard about this guy but when jesus called them out they had the only response they could do is leave everything and follow him In Luke chapter 5, we see another account of someone else he calls. And it says, after this, uh, in in verse 27, Jesus had forgiven and had uh, healed a paralyzed man. So after this happened, Jesus went out, saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him once again. Just left his booth, left all the money, just left it and he got up and he followed Jesus. And the immediateness, with passion, with that excitement, just to go. And I believe Jesus is looking for people with that same enthusiasm to maybe even abandon their vocations to follow him, to have that passion, that immediateness of person B, but yet over time that practicality, planning out how and what is actually going to happen on the journey. He expects all of us as men and women to mature uh, on the journey and be intentional. I love this word, being intentional about being, bringing God's kingdom here and now. And as the gospel stories progress, we start to see why. In fact, if you fast forward right to the end of Jesus' ministry, when he's about to be ascended into heaven, his intention was never to stick around. His plan is always to leave and turn everything over to his disciples. And then when he does that, he says, I'm going to give you the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And he's the one who's going to give you your next steps. He's the one who's going to help you in your journey. So today I want to explore how we can bring our passions and our plans together. And when you start thinking about what might God be calling you to make a plan about, considering all we have in this Love Does journey over these five weeks, and I pray that you can listen to the Holy Spirit and really know where is God and the Holy Spirit nudging you next. What is he wanting you to do? How can we put a concrete 
action in place after reading this book, after hearing these words, after being inspired by Bob? What can we do to make a difference in our life? In fact, when we follow Jesus, I actually believe that he asks us to give something up. He asks us to give something up. We see back in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 16, he says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. I love the message version because it puts it way plain and simple as well. Then Jesus went to work on the disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. God says, I am. Anybody like being in control today? Yeah, yeah I like to be in control. And we're going to find that really difficult. Who's a backseat driver? Yeah, I'm a backseat driver, especially when Amy drives. My goodness. Yeah. But God's saying, no, no, you've got to let me get out of the driver's seat. Let me get in. Because I'm the one who is leading you. And you have got to follow. God is saying, let me lead. In fact, there's another example here in Luke 18. And it says, one day. Everyone say, one day. One day, one of the local officials asked him, this is Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to deserve eternal life? And Jesus said, well, why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments, don't you? No illicit sex, no killing, no stealing, no lying. Honor your father and mother, he said. And he said, oh, I've kept all these as long as I can remember. And when Jesus heard that, he said, well, then there's only one thing left to do. Sell everything you own, give it away to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven. Then come, what? Follow me. This is the story of the, the, the rich young ruler. And he lived a comfortable life. He had all the wealth and all the money. And throughout his life, he did the tick box every single day. Yep, I've taken that commandment, done that commandment. Yes, done that, done that, done that. And then he meets Jesus and he asks that question. And Jesus recognized that he has done all those things, but he has this idol in his life, this wealth and this money in his life. And Jesus points out the one thing that was holding him back to following Jesus. And he called it out. He said, if you want to follow me, go and sell all that you have. And you're going to have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And what's amazing in this story is that the, the rich young ruler doesn't do that And he actually walks away sorrowful. He walks away sad because he couldn't give up that idol in his life. And he didn't follow Jesus. Because you imagine if he actually did do that? Could you imagine the sort of life that he could have lived if he actually went and sold that and gave up that idol in his life to follow Jesus? Jesus saying, I want to lead in your life. So let me. Let me ask you the question then. What do you imagine Jesus is asking you to leave behind? For you to better follow him today. Because in each of these cases, following Jesus means leaving one thing behind for something better. And as you start to think just about that question and what that could be, we're going to hand over to Bob and he's going to share with us just one more time. So let's watch the screens. Awesome. You feel inspired? What a great way to... Uh, conclude uh, Bob's time with us um, as well. So that's the, uh, that's the great question. What is your two-bunk idea? What's the one thing that you can do that's going to make a difference in someone else's life, that's going to cause maybe your life to go in a different direction? 
That's what love can do. We start really thinking about what this uh, can have an impact in our lives. You know, there's a lot at stake. If I think about the disciples, I think about what would happen if the disciples never got out of the boat. What, what would happen if they actually stayed in the boat, stayed with the familiar, stayed with what they knew and didn't go out to the call of Jesus, didn't go out and step out into the unknown? Gosh, you'll be probably knowing different stories, a different sort of gospel. Maybe Jesus probably would have got other people. I don't know. What would have happened? I think about my own journey. I think what would have happened if I didn't take on that challenge from Pastor Craig many, many years ago? What if I didn't go to Bible college? What if I didn't? You know, come to England with, with Amy. And it's sort of like this sort of what if, isn't it? Those sort of sliding doors moments. But, you know, step out into what, so the sort of life you want to live. You're one decision away from making a difference. So go and make that difference. There's a lot at stake when we just don't do something. I love that there's even initiatives here at MKCC where someone's just thought or seen an issue or something that's happened and go, I want to make a difference. And so like back in the days, many years ago, I know, I know Mark was sitting in his office and, and he was like, there's so many families out there who, who need to be fed and who can't afford food. And so we need, to, we need to create a food bank in the city. And you know what? We, we, we just made it happen. And now hundreds of thousands of people have been able to come and benefit from the, the giving of other people's food. I think about initiatives that have been started up this year, like four Milton Keynes. We all know four Milton Keynes. You know, we haven't even scratched, scratched the surface of what that's going to do because we want to make sure the people of our city know that we are for them because God is for them. And people after people after people are stepping in and making a difference. Some of you have even uh, filled in these cards, these love does I did cards. We've, we've got hundreds of them. So thank you so much. Because you know what? You are living out this life of love. Someone started volunteering in Milton Keynes, speaking to young people about careers. That's what love does. Yeah. Someone is helping the homeless by giving clothes and food to those in need, giving people hope that tomorrow is another day and to believe that Jesus is real. That's what love does. It causes us to action. So what is it that you've done? We still want to hear what you've done. And I hope that even today you've been inspired to maybe something bigger, maybe something like what Bob is talking about. I was reading this week from John Piper, just a great word on love. And he said this, he said, Love is the overflow of joy in God that gladly meets the needs of others. Gladly. And quite simply, with the, with the whole gospel message of just gosh, loving God and loving others, that's what love does. It loves others. And it brings so much joy into your life when you do it. So go and do it. Don't just wave at Jesus. Follow Him. Get stuck in. Get out of the boat. And go. You know, I laughed when I kind of saw the video for the first time because when he said that uh, he left his phone number in the book, I kind of went to the back of the book and his phone number is literally in the back of the book. Like, you can call him. Um, and it's been a few years, so, um, so I, I called him. I spoke to Bob on Friday um, and uh, I didn't think he was going to pick up. 
And uh, the phone rang and rang, and, and, uh, and he picks up and he goes, hey, hey, Bob here. So in the worst American accent, I'm sorry. Um, and I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, hey, I'm James. I'm from, from England. And he's like, oh, that's great. You know, he's like, I'm on a lake. And I'm like, that's cool. You're on a lake. He's like, no, no, no. I'm digging a lake, he said. And I was like, of course you are. You're Bob. You do these sorts of things. I don't know what he was doing or what he was doing for. I didn't ask him that many questions. I didn't want to try to interrogate him or anything. But I just said, I said, thank you for writing your book. And he said, which one? Because he's written another one since this one. So I was like, love does. And I think he put his number in the other one as well. And uh, I just said, thank you for inspiring me. And, and I said that we've been doing this series in our church at MKCC. Uh, and it's just been a really great series. You've helped people. And he said, that's great. And he said, make sure you say hi to everyone at MKCC. So Bob says hi, you know. Uh, um, we had a bit more of a chat. And I said, well, continue digging your lake. And I'll, uh, I'll see you later. And that was it. So he's there. He's available. Give him a call. Have a chat. Um, which is awesome. What I love as well about this book is that, like he said, Every time someone buys this book, all the money goes to Uganda, goes to helping his charity, goes to helping children uh, in, in their world. And what I love is that we still have some books out there. And if you haven't got a book yet, I know that you can make a difference in their life. And we, we buy the book in uh, and we sell it to you at cost. We don't make any money off that because we want to make sure all the money that when you buy this book goes to them. So make sure after this, go out there and grab a book. It's going to inspire you, but it's going to make a difference in someone else's life. So please do that if you can. What I love as well is I just want to start or finish where I started. When I mentioned love is a verb, love does. And Stephen Covey, an author, said this week, he said, uh, love is a verb. Love is something that you do, the sacrifices you make, the giving of self, if you want to study love, then study those who sacrifice for others. Love, the feeling, is a fruit of love, the verb. So go and do. Get that concrete idea and step forward with God and do it. Just as we finish, can I get everyone to stand with me today as we conclude our Love Does series? And I was just thinking this week, I just want to pray over you right now. Pray over all of our thoughts and all of our, these ideas and all of these inspirations. So right now, I pray. I pray that you have the courage to do the love of Jesus as each of you leaves here today. I pray that you go fearlessly where God leads. I pray that you step into the unknown. And I pray that you be led by the Holy Spirit. Do love. And I pray this. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.